Hello and welcome back to Leader Up, a podcast of Army Management Staff College. Leader Up is a professional conversation where we discuss a broad range of leadership and leader development topics with an emphasis on the Army civilian professional. I'm your host, David Howey. And on today's episode of Leader Up, we've got three guests. We've got some folks here from the Center for Army Leadership, and we're very happy to have them here uh, at Leader Up. And we're going to talk today about leader presence. And the three folks that are joining me today have written an article, and it, it was published in the Journal of Military Learning not too long ago. And the name of the article, folks, is Leader Presence and Its Impact on Organizational Climate. And so at this point, I want to bring my guests in. I want to first introduce uh, Dr. Bernard Harris. Welcome to Leader Up. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, Thank you, David. And uh, I work over at the Center for Army Leadership, and one of my main functions is an instructional system specialist. And I'm also working on the U.S. Army accreditation team. So that means I go out and actually talk about leadership and leadership development to National Guard, Army Reserve, and active duty units. Okay, well, thank you for being with us today. I, I appreciate it. And our next guest is Mr. Munir Bushareb, who's also from the Center for Army Leadership. Uh, Munir, thanks for being with us today on Leader Up. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here, talk about a really kind of uh, an important topic to us. Uh, I'm a training specialist and also a training developer at Cal. So, uh, you know, we tailor our training to the audience and the different units that come to us and request training. And we really make it uh, personal to them, uh, of course, from a perspective of, of leader development. Thank you. And thank you for being with us today. And our third guest is uh, an old friend of mine. Uh, this is Janetta Harris, and she is also at the Center for Army Leadership. So, Janetta, thank you for being with us today on Leader Up. Yes, David. Thank you so much, and it's wonderful to see you see you again. So, as you mentioned, I work with uh, Cal. Um, I'm an instructional system specialist. Um, I do a lot with training development and curriculum development, and also um, help uh, with some outreach efforts. So, thank you. Okay, thank you. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And we're talking today, Leader Up audience, about leader presence. What do you, what do you know about that? What, what do you know about leader presence? How, are, how aware are you of your presence uh, in the workplace? And I want to start, uh, Dr. Harris, Dr. Bernard Harris, I want to start with you. Uh, in your article, you have a quote, and the quote was made by Wellington, and it was about Napoleon, and he talked about how his presence had such uh, a, a tremendous impact on his forces. So what was that quote, and, and how does that help us understand uh, about uh, leader presence? Well, that's a very good question, David. And one of the main reasons why I even began our article with this uh, particular quote, which was um, – the Duke of Wellington said that the Emperor Napoleon, his presence on the battlefield was worth 40,000 men. And one of the things as military leaders or even as civilian leaders, you should take a look. Well, we're recommending that you take a look at history as far as what the great captains did uh, in the past. So that way you get a better idea of some examples to follow for the future. So in Wellington's quote, Wellington was acknowledging the importance of Napoleon's presence on the battlefield for the French army. 
from the beginning of Napoleon's career back in the 1790s, he was a devoted student of the art and science of warfare and how past leaders applied those sciences on the battlefield. So by 1815, Napoleon had been leader of France for a number of years, and Napoleon had already proven himself to his soldiers as far as mastering those arts and sciences of warfare, and also through his leadership attributes that we'll discuss here in this interview, and also we discuss in the article of bearing, fitness, confidence, and resilience. And his troops by understanding how much work Napoleon put into understanding his trade of warfare, his troops wanted to follow his example. And, his, and when Napoleon was on the physically on the battlefield, they felt that they needed to up their, I guess to use a, use a term, up their game in order to emulate what Napoleon did. And so that way they can be like him. So that way when Napoleon was on the battlefield and the French troops knew it, the French troops were energized to execute any mission they received to a higher level. And that's, uh, that's just an incredible thought is that just by physically being there, being engaged, that, as you said, it, it upped the game of those soldiers. Um, that, that's really a, an impressive thing that just by being there can impact uh, the organization. And so I want to talk about what exactly leader presence is and a little bit more about why it's important. And, Jeanette, I want to come to you for that one. So the question is, what is leader presence, and why does it matter? Okay. Well, David, thank you so much for that. That is a great question. So um, I'd, I would like to start with a description from our Army Leadership Doctrine, uh, ADP 6022. And quite simply, presence represents who leaders are and what they stand for. Uh, presence includes the actions, the words, and the manner in which leaders carry themselves. It is both tangible and intangible. It's also important to know that all leaders have presence, whether it's good or bad. And presence consists of four attributes, which I know we will discuss in more detail as we go through the interview today. Um, as for the second part of your question, you know, why does it matter? I really want to emphasize to our listeners today that leader presence touches everything. It touches all daily activities from routine tasks to new challenges and everything in between. Um, it also helps to prevent counterproductive leadership and it helps to promote readiness and unit, co unit cohesion. And counterproductive leadership, that's, that's uh, what we used to call uh, toxic leadership and we don't use that term anymore. Uh, so it's counterproductive. Uh, that that is correct, absolutely. But that that idea, you also said something really interesting, and that is that leaders have a presence, and we normally think of it as being a positive force. But you said uh, there is a presence, and sometimes it's productive, and sometimes it's it's not productive. That is that is absolutely right. Yes, presence can be both positive or negative, and so um, with that, you, you know. Um, to use a, a simple cliche, you know, we say that you can learn from anyone or you can learn from any circumstance. The same thing is true with presence. It doesn't matter if it's a positive example or a negative example. You can learn from that. And, um, and we're also going to touch on uh, a little bit later some ways of improving uh, presence. Thank you for that. And so uh, 
I want to talk about another quote, and th- this one really engaged me, and I wanted to hear more about this. And the qu- I'll read the quote. Developing presence will require you to go to places and do things that feel uncomfortable, at least initially. And so, Munir, I'd like, like to come to you for this one. What does that quote mean, and what does that kind of tell us about uh, leader presence and uh, leader development also? So, uh, I, honestly, I have to say I was intrigued myself when I saw this quote, and it kind of resonated with me. So uh, let me start with this. Um, First and foremost, in my mind, when I think of presence, it's, it's, it's about developing oneself. You can't resonate or project this presence outwardly and for people to feel it uh, before you actually develop yourself. So it's about an, an inner struggle first. So this pursuit of personal development, growth, maturity, whatever we want to call it, uh, comes at a price. And it's, it's, it's not an easy road to take. It's usually an uncomfortable one. So uh, let me explain. Uh, in this paper, we talk about uh, these 10 factors uh, of organizational climate. So those things, those 10 things that help shape a soldier's perception and attitude about their unit, uh, especially about their leadership. Uh, a soldier uh, needs to be part of a family, needs to have buy-in within an organization in order to, they need to trust their leadership, Okay. So these 10 factors, uh, if embraced, this is what we, we uh, presume, uh, these can assist the leader in molding their uh, individually unique leader presence, okay? Each leader is going to have this unique presence to them. You know, they're not the copy and paste type presence. So over time, uh, it's, and it's one approach strategy. I mean, learning is varies. So this is just one way of developing oneself is using these 10 factors. Uh, but I'm not going to go over all of them today. But if I were to pick uh, just a few that I think are really crucial in this process and really beneficial to this process, I'm going to call this process, uh, I know it's going to sound funny, uh, this beneficial state of discomfort. Really, that's what you have to do. You have to be in a state of discomfort. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use four today. We're going we're gonna to talk about communication, cohesion, adaptability, and fairness. So, and the reason I picked those four is because, in my opinion, they take a long time to learn. It takes a lifetime of learning and uh, mastery. It takes a, long, a lot of endeavor and maturity and experience to be able to communicate uh, effectively, to, to, have, to bring people together in a cohesive manner, uh, to, to show adaptability no matter what circumstances, and to be fair to all. So... Uh, to me, I think those are really the most challenging out of those four factors, not, not to take away from the other ones, of course. So uh, to give you a little example, uh, these factors become incrementally more difficult uh, as the audience gets larger. So, so as an officer goes up the ranks, battalion, brigade, division level, uh, it becomes even more difficult to communicate effectively to to keep people in a cohesive kind of bond to adapt and to be fair to everyone so it gets really uh more difficult so this state of discomfort is what molds this leader's presence over time uh, constantly tweaking as they you know they define themselves and adjust their approach so to conclude here about this you know this particular 
state of discomfort, <laughs> I'm going to say ultimately a leader that tailors his or her communication style, applies this shared understanding, uh, aka cohesion, has the willingness to adapt to circumstances, and also remains objective and fair. This is an impactful leader, okay? That truly resonates with the troops and is ever present. And so uh, we're going to talk more about uh, those 10, but I wanted to go back to uh, the the pieces of presence. Uh, uh, sometimes we see those as components. And uh, Jeanette, I want to come to you for this one. There's four of them. And what are the four and, and why are those important, those four things? Okay. All right. With that, again, thank you for that, David. So um, according to our doctrine, there are four components or attributes of presence. And those four attributes are bearing, fitness, confidence, and resilience. And I will touch on each one of these uh, briefly uh, for, our, for our audience. So let, let's begin with bearing. Uh, military or professional bearing includes uh, courtesy, the proper appearance or attire, uh, professionally correct behavior in accordance with established Army standards, and a consistent professional demeanor that represents who you are, how you conduct yourself, and how you interact with others. Um, you know, it may be easy to say these things, but bearing very often is the first attribute that people notice about us. The second attribute of presence is fitness, and the Army utilizes an holistic fitness approach. Uh, holistic fitness has um, interdependent areas or dimensions. Uh, the first one is physical, which, in, which consists of training, exercise, sleep, and nutrition. Uh, the second one we commonly refer to as uh, social interaction, which includes our ability to establish uh, positive connections with one another. Uh, the third is mental and cognitive, and cognitive refers to our ability to focus, to think or reason, to be alert, and to respond to stress. The fourth one um, is individual spirituality, and this comprises a person's individual beliefs or belief system and how that person derives life purpose and meaning. And the last one is psychological, and this is what um, many of us refer to as behavioral or emotional health. So all of these things combine comprise fitness and what it means to be fit. The third attribute of presence is confidence, and it refers to the faith and beliefs that leaders place in their ability, first, to make good decisions, and secondly, to take appropriate action. Because the expectation as an Army leader is you will have to do both. We also have to acknowledge that confidence in itself is twofold. It is the leader's belief in themselves, and it is also the team's belief in that leader. Uh, leaders have to be self-aware and honest, um, especially when it comes to what they can do and what they know. Uh, because after all, their subordinates will find out. You know, they will always get to the truth, if you will. Um, for a unit to be successful, the team has to believe in that leader, and they have to be willing to follow that person. 
The fourth and final attribute is resilience. And resilience is the ability to persevere, adapt, and grow in dynamic or often stressful uh, environments. For soldiers and civilians, resilience refers to our capacity to overcome adversity, such as loss, disappointment, setbacks, or injuries. And resilience requires a certain level of self-awareness to understand how a setback or obstacle affects that person and the people around them. And that understanding, that perseverance are crucial building blocks in becoming a better leader and developing better presence. And so I want to come back to you, Dr. Harris, and talk about um, the connection between leader presence and, and organizational climate. So the ways that a leader's presence affects the climate in the organization. And I know there are those uh, 10 pieces of that, but which, which of those uh, really resonate with you and how is organizational climate affected by a leader's presence? Uh, thank you, David. And that's a, that's a very good question. Um, first off, organizational climate refers to the perceptions and attitudes of the soldiers and civilians who, who interact within a given organization. So the quality of the organization's leadership influences this climate. And through the 10 factors that we discuss in the article, I'd like to talk about three of those. And really, I'd like to emphasize three of the four items that uh, Mr. Uh, Munir Bushareb just mentioned a few minutes ago. And those three are cohesion, adaptability, and fairness. But I want to go into just a little bit more detail on all three. The first one, cohesion. Cohesion is where the leader ensures all the people working for him or her understand the shared mission and they crosstalk. So that way they all get along and they all share information and no one is hoarding information. If you study military history, you come across quite a few commanders and their staffs who did not share information. So that way, all of a sudden, a mission failed because people who needed to share didn't. And the folks that needed that information didn't receive it in a timely manner. Next, I'd like to talk about adaptability. Adaptability goes along with the other key term of change, in which case a leader needs to be able to adapt. uh, Well, we recommend needs to be able to adapt to changing circumstances and feel comfortable with that adoption of uh, new ways and methods to handle particular challenges that they did not expect. Okay, and then the last thing is the third area, and this is the third factor, is fairness. Your troops, just like uh, Janetta Harris said a few minutes ago, your troops are going to see if you're being fair or not. So that fairness needs to be transparent so that way the troops can see that you're applying the standards across the board for everybody based on whatever the circumstances are, and you're not picking favorites because favoritism will definitely undermine any unit climate. And so there's one word that we haven't talked about, uh, and it's it's a lot of uh, people who talk about leadership talk about it, and it's trust. And so, Munir, I want to come back to you for this one. How is leader presence related to trust? How is trust a part of that uh, calculus? Okay, Uh, of course. uh, I'm going to have to start by kind of 
I'm going to have to split them up a little bit, kind of talk about each separately, because they obviously they both are critical to uh, an effective leader. Um, and then I'll bring them back together at the end. So let me talk about presence first. As you know, in the military, we use this term command presence uh, to describe a leader's actions, words, demeanor, their outward appearance, confidence, which leaves us no doubt in our mind at the end that they are someone that to be respected, to be noticed, listened to, followed, even, of course, in, from a military perspective, obeyed, but maybe even at the end, admired, and, uh, of course, the ultimate is emulated, okay? So they just look and feel apart, and, and we, we see that and we feel that, and we know it because they are authentic, they're genuine, and because they connect with others on a very intimate way. Uh, so that's leader presence, command presence, and in a nutshell. Um, so now to trust. I'm going to kind of break it down from a doctrinal perspective, okay? And in, in, in our Army doctrine, Army professionals are certified based on three things, character, competence, and commitment. So uh, those things kind of come together in a, in a, in a, in a particular glue called trust, okay? This uh, undying sense of trust shared by uh, and applied by all, okay? Uh, and, and their endeavors to, to have character, competence, and commitment in the service of the nation and each other, of course. So we're, you're asking where is connection between leader presence and trust other than the obvious that we just discussed. So this is how I see it, okay? This is my individual way of looking at it uh, is... Um, it, uh, and this is not an inclusive list. We're just going to talk about a few characteristics of a leader. So some of these characteristics of a trusted leader, trusted leader only, is that they care, they communicate, they're uh, effectively, of course, communicate effectively, they are consistent, they are competent, and they have character. Okay? On the other hand, we're going to bring in a new dimension. Now we're going to talk about a leader, a trusted leader, with presence, what does he do, or he, he or she do? They inspire others to do all those things. They inspire others to care. They inspire them to communicate effectively. They inspire them to be uh, uh, consistent. They inspire them to be competent, and they inspire them to have and develop character. So um, to close this, I would like to say that this inspiration is that, is that, that they impart on uh, uh, on others is partly due to this trust that they command. Can we say that? Command or inspire? Uh, in other words, a trusted leader may not necessarily have presence, but a leader cannot have presence without trust. Uh, it is the most critical ingredient in this formula called leader presence. So that, that's how I see it. <laughs> and so, so you just said um, a, a lead. Say that last part one more time. That was yeah. I, I love the way you put that. Oh, the, the, in my opinion, I think uh, trust is the most critical ingredient of this formula we call leader presence. And uh, you're talking about the previous statement. What you just said that that if if I'm if I don't have trust. Okay. I, my, in other words, a trusted leader may not necessarily have presence. But a leader cannot have presence without trust. Okay, thank you for that. You're that, that th I appreciate you clarifying that. Thank you. You're welcome. And so, um, 
can I get better? Can if I if I'm 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 sitting here wondering uh, how do I improve my presence? Am I aware of what it is? And are there some specific things? And Dr. Harris, I'm going to come to you for this. What are some ways or some things that I can do as a leader to make my presence better? Uh, to to make my presence have a better uh, impact on my organization? That is a good question. I'd like to emphasize the point that uh, um, Mr. Manir Bushrab just mentioned as far as the trust, but I'll talk about three specific things that can go along with that trust. And we emphasize this also in our article. Um, those three areas, the first two are developed from your attributes of leadership, such as resiliency and confidence. So that's the first two. And the third is influenced by the factors of organizational climate, which is recognition. So talking about the first two, the attribute of resiliency will be tough to develop because you must go through a number of challenges to develop this resiliency. And that's as you go through these challenges, you're going to be building up the trust of your people that, that work for you. And some of these challenges could be like mission failure, in which case most on the military side, we always try to mitigate all all of the different things that can affect the success of our mission, but sometimes you will have mission failure. So, or worse, when you have that mission failure, you might actually lose a person under your command, in which case somebody might actually pass away. That's that's like the, the ultimate challenge which is on the bad side. So these types of challenges are good for a leader as far as they will develop the knowledge and uh, getting into the resiliency of these setbacks and how to pull out, a good leader will be pulling out those lessons learned from those challenges and finding new ways to improve um, themselves. And that goes back to the self-development that uh, Mr. Bushreb mentioned, and also how to improve processes and systems within the unit in order to not have those problems happen again. So that's all building on your resiliency. And as you build that, you're also building that trust, being, you know, being transparent with the people that, uh, that work for you. And then the next thing is I'd like to say is the resiliency will lead to the next piece, which is the attribute of confidence. By going through the challenges to build your resiliency, you will develop more confidence to overcome these future challenges armed with some of those lessons learned that I was mentioned a second ago. And as you become more confident, you will have kind of like an air about you, in which case the people that look look for you as their leader, like the personnel who are in your company, if you're the company commander, or the personnel who are in your battalion, if you're a battalion commander, they will look at you and, and they will just be able to see confidence on your face as you're dealing with different situations. And one of the examples that we use inside of our article is with Captain Colin Powell, in which case one of his soldiers made the comment that um, they could just look at Captain Powell while they were working together in Vietnam, and he could just see the confidence in, uh, in Captain Powell as far as how he was conducting business, how he was um, assisting the South Vietnamese because they were advisors at the time. And then the last thing I'd just like to talk about is going into recognition. Recognition um, comes with recognizing that you – are not the only person accomplishing the mission. As the leader, you have a lot of subordinates that are working 
for you that are the people that are really doing, if we could say, the heavy lifting in order to accomplish a mission. So you, as the leader, should be acknowledging their sacrifices and their resilience as you accomplish these missions to standard. You know, the U.S. Army, we're all about standards. So you should be making sure that those folks that work for you are getting the recognition for a job well done. And um, also, if things go bad, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you turn around and put your people out front as making the problem, but you as a leader, it pretty much reflects on you as far as if there's a problem. So you're trying to make sure that even though there might have been a problem, your folks that really worked hard to mitigate that get the credit for the work that they're doing. I thought that was really interesting that you you when, when we talk about improving uh, presence, you kind of talked about uh, resilience, um, and, and there's almost no way to develop resilience without going through the fire in some way. That we have these painful things happen to us. Number one, it's how I get better. Number two, it it helps me uh, be more and understand what resilience is all about. That that's a great point. That's an interesting point because um, you know when. I know for me, when I was young and things didn't go the way that I, I wanted them to, uh, it was very difficult. And now I'm, I'm learning. I think we learn as we go through life and through our careers. It's when things don't go the way we thought they should go that we start developing resilience. And what you're saying, uh, if, I, if I'm hearing you right, is when a leader displays that resilience, it has a force-multiplying effect on their organization. Correct. And so uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, we've kind of implied a lot about uh, leader presence and how it's uh, manifested in a military or through military officers. What about Army civilians? And that's kind of, uh, Jeanette, I want to come back to you and say, how is leader presence important for those of us uh, who are in the Army Civilian Corps or who are supervisors uh, of Army civilians. Okay. Okay. And again, thank you for the question, David. Um, simply, there is a multitude of reasons, but um, for the sake of time, I'm going to focus on just a few points. So uh, first and foremost, I want to reiterate what my colleague, Mr. Munir Bishareb, has stated earlier. Um, he had explained the relationship between presence and trust. And that trust is critical because it enables us to establish rapport and relationships. And some other key points about presence. Presence is one way we can provide a positive example to others, you know, those we serve and those we lead. Uh, presence allows us to demonstrate how to maintain composure, uh, dignity, and respect. And I would add, especially so uh, during difficult times, uh, Presence is very much about being comfortable in your own skin, being transparent with others, being the person you say you are, being the leader you say you are. And a final point about presence is that it helps to set expectations. Leaders know uh, that their presence in the workplace influences what their subordinates do when they are around as well as when they are not around. Now, that doesn't mean that leaders or supervisors have to be everywhere or do everything. I mean, obviously, that's impossible. However, when leaders are lacking an effective presence, there are some risks. 
And particularly, we have noticed that there are risks to order and discipline in, in the work environment, and there are also potential risks and impacts on the organizational climate. And so uh, is there anything, and I, I'll, I'll ask all three of you, is there anything that uh, we haven't talked about regarding your article uh, about leader presence that, that we uh, need to address for our audience? From my point of view, the, the biggest thing our article does is just lay out a way of what we have in Army doctrine that we kind of summarize everything. So that way people can take a look at our article and be able to hit all the high points and key points, especially for junior leaders. For more senior leaders, it's going to be a reminder. Well, for your junior leaders just coming in through the lieutenants and even some of your brand-new captains, it'll be able to help shape their leadership styles as long as they keep specific things of their attributes and these di- these 10 different factors in mind as they go through their various military jobs. And so, uh, Dr. Bernard Harris, thank you for uh, being with us today on Leader Up and talking about uh, leader presence. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And uh, Munir Bouchareb, thank you also for joining us today on Leader Up. Thank you. Thank you. For, uh, if I could add just one final point. Yes, uh, please do. So uh, just to kind of give, uh, you know, we, we were talking earlier about giving a leader some tips about how to improve themselves. Another way to do that, and, and you know, other than what we've already discussed today is exposure, in my opinion. Exposure to different environments. I know leaders have to uh, sometimes uh, – they have choices in what you know what what leadership positions they take. So the more variety, uh, the more exposure, the more their uh, their ability to develop their their sense of presence. Also, exposure uh, outside of their areas of comfort, outside their country, outside their culture. Those types of exposures gives you gives them a much broader area of understanding as far as what presence is. Presence. For us in, in the West is not the same as presence in other places around the globe. So all those things can give them a great arsenal of, of, of tools to develop their own uh, presence as the leaders. Roger that. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And uh, Janetta Harris, thank you uh, also for joining us and for giving up your time to be a guest on Leader Up. Thank you. Yeah, and if I could, David, just just two quick points before we uh, before we close out. Just wanted to reiterate that when we talk about leader presence, it is a, there is a physical component or physical aspects to presence, but there's also a lot of intangibles as we've talked about, you know, throughout our interview today. And then um, the last thing I would say for all of our listeners is that um, if they haven't already, uh, please certainly check out um, our, our doctrine our article and other resources. Um, you know, there's a, a plethora of information available in the 6-22 series, also on the Cal website that's open to everyone across the Army. And also feel free to reach out to, to myself and to my colleagues. I mean, we'll, we, um, we, we're obviously very passionate about this topic, and we enjoy um, hearing from folks across the enterprise. So thank you. Uh, yes, and thank to all three of you for, for being with us today. And so Leader Up audience, what did you hear today about leader presence? What What is your presence in the workplace? Uh, are you having a positive effect on your organization, or is that something that you need to take a hard look at uh, about your own leader presence? 
Please subscribe to our YouTube page and join us again next time for another edition of Leader Up. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or would like to learn more about our podcast, please check the description for our email and for our website. Thanks for listening.